Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Owen Wells. That would be a little weird. Hmm. That's way too close to Olin Mills. So we're I don't not, know we're not get, trying to take family church pictures. We're trying I don't know to drink, if you can take a glamour coffee. shot at, at Owen Wells. I don't know if they have a place like that. <laughs> Did you now? You obviously you're you, you know you're a man, so no. But your mom ever take her and their and and your sisters for glamour shots? Oh, my sister got glamour shots at the mall. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, sure. But we had the Olin Mills. Church pictures, like yeah. the church oh, yeah. directory. Yeah. But yes, the the um the glamour shots were definitely a thing in the Falk household. Mm-hmm. I never took part in those, but my sisters of course there are some there are some uh glamour shots floating around somewhere. Very nice. Very nice. Well, yep. if you want the most glamorous coffee there is to be had, it's Strange Brew Coffee House. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it to be shipped right to your door. And remember when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative, as you do with our good friends over at Pip Printing and Signs, who want to remind you that if you need someone to come into your business, you need to attract them from the road, or if you just need to hit them up after they've already been a customer, whatever your business needs are, if you want reliable service, you should count on Pip Printing and Signs. They've been helping businesses here in this state for 30 years. They're Bulldog-owned and operated. And when you make a sale with them, and I say it all the time, you're already spending that money. If you are a business owner, you already spend money on printing. Give your business to PIP Printing and 10% of your sales go right to the Bulldog Initiative in your name. That is a win-win deal for everybody involved. Call Camden Baker, 601-499-5216 today. Find out what PIP Printing and Signs can do for you. When you need printing, call PIP PIP today. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They have the biggest and best selection of it in central mississippi if it's anything maroon and white it is college corner you know we we, we, we've learned something these past few weeks is that it's not hard at all to switch your brand it's super easy you just you just change the stuff and it's your brand is switched there's no it's not real no you're you're muted you're i can't hear a word you're sorry we were told for years how difficult it was to change these that things. That was not true, Robbie. It's you can just change. You go to the hump now. You try to find me a banner M. Find me a banner M in the hump. No, it's just so hard to do this stuff. It's so difficult. In in six months, Zach Stellman's like, nah, let's just start wearing stage script. Yes, yeah, just start it over. So, 
It's easy for state. It's easy for you. If you've got banner in polos, get them out. Get state script in with a purchase at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Star Wars flagship restaurant, is the place to find the best meal in town. For lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch? Yes. The answer is yes. It's all at Restaurant Tyler. We had a tremendous lunch on Friday with Big Daddy, who, you know, I had to, almost had to go Tony Soprano on him. He picked up the tab. I was like, no, I, you eat, I pay. But he, well, but I was he, going to pay for it, but he, he, he got he, it first. He swiped it from both of us. I just looked out, looked out, I saw the tab. I was like, Big Daddy, did you pick up the tab? He's like, oh, yeah, now you owe me one. I was like, He's gonna get me. He's gonna get me when we go to like a good steakhouse. Hey, you owe me that meal. Don't forget. Yeah, he's gonna get me a restaurant Tyler hey. for dinner. <laughs> After he orders three appetizers yeah. and dessert. Brian, hey Brian, you remember that time, Bro- brother Brian? Don't forget now. We last time we had that fellowship here. Oh man, he's he's got me. The Baptist See? preachers they'll they'll take free food. He's he's smart. He's 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 smart man. He was also a smart man because we chose to eat at restaurant Tyler. By the way, I didn't know this. Usually, restaurant Tyler, the menu is kind of it just is what it is on lunch. Not, but not Friday. They had they had a lunch special. They had chicken and dumplings, and buddy, they were delicious. I, I, the waiter actually made a comment. He was like, "I could tell this guy didn't like his because there wasn't anything. That plate could have gone back out. They could have just put more food on it and sent it out, and nobody would have ever known that plate was dirty." Brian apologized. Brian apologized to my mom because he didn't have a spoon. He's like, "I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to have to drink this yeah. here at the bottom." Yeah, and he just a, turned up the bowl and drank. I drank the the, the, the gravy. Yes, it, it was it was excellent. I also learned that uh, that Catholics eat a lot faster than Baptists because I was done eating and y'all were still ha- weren't even halfway through your plate. We talk. Yeah, y'all were some talk. I'm just like, man, I gotta get to I gotta get this food. Yeah, now. we when we eat, we talk. I Especially my dad. He he, he he's there's never a time where he shuts up. I could I couldn't wait because that food was just too good. And that's what it always is at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the, the location nearest you. And if you live in Central Mississippi, there's one near you, which means you can build a relationship with your local bank that you can't have with corporate banks. That you can't have with the, those banks that are run out of state, big corporate bank. You can't do it. And I, I, maybe it's just me, but I like to do business with my friends and the people I know and the people in my community that I that I trust and that I see all the time. That's what you get when you work with Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie, if there is one thing that we've learned here on Thunder and Lightning through the years, it's that we speak things uh, into existence here at Mississippi State. When 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 we we're like you know when we talk, people listen. All right. We said that the banner had to go and state script had to come in. That's what happened. We said that the interlocking MSU needed to be brought back. It has been brought back, and, and we're, we're now we're working to try to keep it full time. We're working on that. But but we said last week Mississippi State needed to get back to the kind of basketball it was playing a season ago. Dirty, grimy, defensive basketball. So Chris Jans, as we all know, avid listener to Thunder and Lightning. He heard the message and got it done, and Mississippi State grinds out a 64-58 win over the number 8-ranked Auburn Tigers. If you are a fan of college basketball, if you were an unbiased observer, that was an outstanding game. Back and forth the whole game. I don't think the State ever led by more than six at any point. Uh, Auburn came back in the second half, grabbed a short-lived lead. Um, 
didn't have, I mean, especially in the first half, not the most aesthetically pleasing uh, half of basketball, but definitely uh, in the second half, some big shots getting made, some uh, some 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 big plays being made, and a big big win for the Bulldogs. Huge win, and you, you said it. This looked a lot like last year, didn't it? Twenty one twenty one in the first half. State was just god awful from three point range, but it's one of those things like you take it because they're playing so good on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And second half, I thought you look at the efficiency in the second half. I would love to see the numbers on it. You know, f- from an analytical standpoint, had to have been through the roof offensively. They mm-hmm. shot, I think, fifty-seven percent or something in the second half. Four for nine from three. They hit free throws down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Turnovers were a bit of an issue for them yesterday, but I thought what they did offensively in the second half was was critical for them. Mm-hmm. But what they did defensively all game long is exactly what we've been looking for from this team. We've been talking about, you know, where's that where where's that same fire that you had on the defensive side of the ball from last year? And, you know, we've seen it off and on, but the consistency of it has just not been there. This hasn't been the same defensive team that it was last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the numbers are still solid uh, in some regard, but the eye test, they don't really pass it. Yesterday, we saw last year's defensive team. We saw guys really doing a great job of making things difficult for Auburn on the three-point line, and that's where they can really run you out of the gym. That's a team that can really shoot the basketball. State did not give up um, a whole lot of easy shots from the outside. And another huge thing in this game, they got rebounds on the defensive end. It was one and done for Auburn almost every trip down the floor if they didn't score. Six offensive rebounds, I think, only three second-chance points. They could not get to the offensive glass. DJ Jeffries was phenomenal in this game in that regard, getting those defensive rebounds. Cam Matthews was so good on the other end. Obviously, he did his thing on defense, but six offensive rebounds. One of them was so big in the second half when he missed the free throw, got the offensive rebound. And, you know, a lot of people would say on that, well, what's Auburn doing? State blocked everyone out of the lane. Mm Mm-hmm. There was nowhere to go for them to get to the rim, and the ball was just kind of laying in Cam Matthews' lap, went up and laid it in. But he was so big. They hit free throws when they mattered. It wasn't a pretty game, but this team's not going to win a whole lot of pretty games. That's just not going to be their style. But what they can do is defend like they did on Saturday, and if they do that, they're going to win a lot of games. Auburn, 34% shooting, only 25% from behind the arc. I think if you had told me ahead of this game, I, we haven't played this game in a while, Robbie, our favorite game of how the stat sheet lies to us. But if I yeah. tell you before the game that State's going to be 9 of 18 from the free throw line and Tolu Smith's only going to have 9 points, I think you and I both would have said, wow, they lost this game big. They got mm-hmm. hammered. And instead, the the other thing we've been kind of saying on this show is the role players, the other guys needed to step up. Hubbard was there, right? 17 points in his first start of the game of the year, Cam Matthews with a double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. I think he had the play of the game when he put back his own miss on the free throw. He makes a free throw on the second shot. He misses it, but he gets the rebound and lays it in. 
and that kept Mississippi State's momentum going. He also gave State some points early. He was State's points in the paint uh, for the most part when Tolu couldn't deliver. Now, Tolu did have eight rebounds and three assists. He played really well. He just didn't have the points. Jeffrey's not a lot of points, but 12 rebounds, really good game from him. Shaq Moore was in double digits. He had 12 points, couple rebounds, couple of assists. State was plus 15 on the boards, plus eight on the offensive boards. You know, offensive rebounds have been killing State these past few weeks, but State really did a good job on the offensive boards. That's two games in a row, even though they didn't get the win. Uh, they, they, they dominated the offensive boards against Florida. We said all along that State had to have some wins in this four-game stretch. I know you, you set the four games up differently than I did. From this, the stretch that I'm looking at, the, the, the Florida, Auburn, Ole Miss, Alabama. Right now, I mean, the state. This team's a little bit of a roller coaster. They're a little bit of up and down right now. They have a good game, they'll have a bad game. But if they can string two good games together and go to Oxford Tuesday and win that one, they have a, a really good chance of adding another quad one win to the resume. That would be four at this point. Remember last year, Robbie, State didn't get its second quad one win until late in the season. That was that TCU game. And then their third one was the one against Texas A&M. Those were their their quad one wins at that point. State already has three quad one wins, and they're pretty solid, right? Auburn is not dropping out of the quad one anytime soon. Uh, Neither is Tennessee. And then your other one, Washington State, that one might go back and forth a little bit because it's a neutral site game. You need them to stay above the top 50. But right now, that's where they are. So... Now you have a chance this week. You know, at Alabama, obviously, is going to be a very tough test. And Ole Miss, I know we 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 keep waiting on Ole Miss to finally just kind of fall apart, but they've been, they're unbeaten at home. They had a big win this past weekend on the road. That's a team that's going to be ready to play uh, Tuesday night. That should be a tremendous basketball game in the Pavilion. The state has an opportunity here. I think if they can go one and one this week to get that fourth quad one win, their resume really stacks up. It's better than it was a season ago for sure. And this is kind of the stretch here where I think it's going to be kind of make or break for them because you actually have a window here. For the first time in your schedule, you have a window where you can actually get a little bit of momentum. The other, you know, the start of the schedule was just so difficult. You're going to have to win on the road at South Carolina and Kentucky, and you're going to have to beat Tennessee and Bama. I mean, it was just – it was hard to find something there. And then after Vandy, you had Florida. It's just – it's been very difficult for them to find a stretch of games where they can stack games, stack wins, and build momentum. They haven't really had that opportunity. Well, right here they kind of do. If they can win one of these two – they have a stretch right after that with Georgia at home, which Georgia's been really good, but you're playing at home. Mm-hmm. And everybody playing at home right now has an upper hand. I mean, yeah. I, it's I, tough I to win on the road, it. Robbie. It's always difficult to win on the road, but I don't know if I've ever seen it this like extreme. Mm-hmm. Like road teams just are not winning a very, very low percentage. So you got Georgia at home and then Missouri on the road has been awful in Arkansas. And that's and then Ole Miss at home. That's a winnable stretch for there where you can build games. And you know, LSU is winnable, but who knows? But then LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, AM, that's gonna be tough. So this is a stretch here where you can kind of cement yourself in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I still I was 
I was correct last year when we were saying I thought eight wins would get them in. Now, it turns out that win against Florida basically got them in in the SEC tournament, so maybe I would have been wrong. But I I've, am confident if they win eight games in SEC play, mm-hmm. they're probably going to get in. Yeah, I would think so. But that's, that's the key now. It's kind of like the magic number deal. Like, can they get five more wins? Right. And, you know, that – they basically just don't need to screw up against Arkansas and Missouri. Mm-hmm. Don't screw up those games and then find four wins somewhere. And I think they're in. But you, yeah. th- this stretch here is unbelievable where they're about to play eight of their first nine games in conference play are all quad ones, and they're not cheap quad one games. Right. These are all the, – it's not like the number 74th team on the road. Right. These are – really good teams that they're having to play and really tough environments or, you know, tough ball games at home. This is a huge first part of your schedule. And can they come out of it around 500? That's kind of the key here. You got to look at it. You know, if you look at it week to week, right this week, you like to be one and one, right? You think you could probably, your better chance to win is that Ole Miss for sure. But if you can be one and one, right next week is a chance to be two and up. Oh. You, know, you have a chance to beat playing Georgia in Starkville and going to Missouri. You have a chance to win both of those games. You have a chance the next week to be 2-0 because you get two games at home against Arkansas and Ole Miss. The next week, it's about being, you know, or, or sorry, is there, did I screw something up here? Did I miss a game? Yeah, I'm Probably. sorry. Yeah, it's not that I missed the game. There, there's no Wednesday game the week of, uh, of Valentine's Day. So they just play on Saturday. So the next two games, I guess you would say. And then, you know, LSU-Kentucky. One and one, right? Probably lose to Kentucky, even though it's in Starkville. But you can you can win at LSU, at Auburn, and then Texas A and M. That's going to be tough. Going to be very tough. Although A and M did lose to Ole Miss, they are a good basketball team. Be tough to win both of those road games. Then you finish out at home with South Carolina. So I think eight wins is, I mean, very very doable for Mississippi State. But it starts this week. They need to get a win. In they they don't need to go winless this week. They, 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 we said in that four-game stretch, they needed to be 2-2. Two and two. They need to find a way to win one of these two games. Um, and it's going to be tough. Both of those games are going to be very, very tough for Mississippi State. But I think if you're a Bulldog fan, you should be a lot more confident in your team today than you were on Friday when you were listening to Thunder and Lightning because they showed you that when this team plays its best, when they play their best basketball, and I don't know if they played their best basketball Saturday because Tolu Smith... No. Tolu Smith getting double figures is part of their best basketball. Uh, I would tell you that when this team plays its best basketball, they can play with any team in the country. And I mean that from top to bottom. UConn, North Carolina, uh, Houston, all of them. State can play with all of them. I mean, they they beat Tennessee, they beat Auburn. Those are two top ten teams. But when they play their worst game, they can lose to anybody. And they did, you know. One thing I did notice about the net, and this is going to be – I said it when it happened – and I'll say it again. When you look at State's record, right? Quad, let's break it down by the quads. They're three and four, two and one, four and zero, oh, five and one, right? So let's look at uh, Kentucky. God, if they just didn't, if the Southern loss wasn't that's what I'm saddled say. to them. Kentucky is twenty-two, right? They're two and three, three and zero, oh, five and one, five and zero. Oh. Look at someone like Illinois. Illinois is two and four, three and zero, oh, five and one, five and zero. Oh. That Southern loss is killing them. Of the top, you know, State is currently 38th. Of the top 40 teams, only two teams have quad four losses. Florida Atlantic, who strangely has a loss at every quad. It's kind of weird. They're 3-1, and 3-1, 5-1, 5-1. and 
And then you have State lose 5-1 and one with that loss to Southern. If they didn't have that loss, Robbie, they would be in the top 20, I think, in terms of net. They would have three quad one wins and no bad losses. They easily did. top 25. Oh, easily. It, it's not even a, a question. So I, I said it all along. I said whatever your uh, whatever the uh, the seed line is that Mississippi State ends up on, they they could have been a seed higher had they just won that game. That, that, I knew that game would haunt them the whole year. It's it's going to it's going to. And if something does go wrong for State, that's going to be the reason they're either in the play in game or out because that game is going to haunt them. So, but all that aside, a really good win for Mississippi State. Uh, a really a game that you know Chris Jans told us after the game he considered it a must win. Shaq Moore told us in the post game considered it a must win. So they they when you label a game must win, you must win it, and State did that. So a really good win for the Bulldogs and back in action uh, tomorrow as you're listening uh, against Ole Miss in the Pavilion. I will be there. Robbie Falk will be there. We'll have full coverage of that, and of course we'll follow it up here on Thunder and Lightning. I guess Future Brian will have a late night. Uh, for us on on that one, uh, kind of surprised that they have so many tickets available. Well, there was a big sale on Ascots, and that that you know uh, you do big scarf sale. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what, you, what can you do? You know, two things, you know, you got to pick one. Um, speaking of the basketball, let's stay with let's stay with that for a second. The women' huge game tonight against the LSU Tigers, the defending national champions. Uh, a lot of hype. That's going to be a very big crowd here in Starville tonight. What what chance does State have against this LSU team? It's going to be tough, man. They're just they're so deep and talented. They have to play a bad game to lose to teams that aren't elite. Mm-hmm. They they've got to make mistakes. They've got to you know kind of get off track a little bit. I think for State, I mean the. They're going to have to rebound the basketball. Angel Reese does it as good as anybody in the country. And, you know, they have physical guards that can get to the rim. They shoot the ball extremely well. They're really good at every single position. It's just a a really tough matchup for everybody. But State's going to have to defend. They're going to have to play some hard-nosed basketball, use the crowd to their advantage, and – I think take take the fight down low to to Angel Reese, try to get her out of the game because mm-hmm. when she's out of the game, there's a significant drop off. I mean, there's yeah. you don't you you can't expect to have the same level of play losing one of the best players, top five best players in the country, uh, the way that she is, and she you know she plays a lot like a guard. Sometimes she can face you face you up and take you to the rim. She can hit mid range jumpers. Um, obviously, you know, a double, a double a night type player. So Jessica Carter's got to have a really good game. I think got to get her in foul trouble and have her really off of her game a little bit, but it's going to be tough, but here's what I, what I've said, like, this is kind of the, the, the hill. This is kind of the top of the hill for Mississippi state with their schedule. South Carolina and LSU is no longer on the schedule the rest of the way. So you have those two monsters out of the way. Uh, you got one more game with Ole Miss. Other than that, every single game, I like Mississippi State to be favored or have a chance in all of those the rest of the way. It's going to be about, you know, do they bring their A game each and every week? But they can start 
building some wins here in the back half of the schedule, even if they don't win tomorrow. It's mm. a very manageable schedule. Uh, but they're going to have to, you know, do their thing on that. And we talk about the the men. The men have just not had a lot of let up when it when it comes to their schedule in SEC play. The women have um, just pulling up their schedule here. They got Kentucky, who's been dreadful. Um, they got them Thursday in Lexington. That's a winnable game. They need to go win that ball game there. A and M's probably the A and M and Ole Miss on the road is their toughest games remaining. Georgia's not been good. That's at home. Florida's at home. You've already beat them. You got Kentucky twice, which is really big. Alabama and Auburn are going to be tough ball games, but winnable. And then Missouri at home. You have a chance to get to nine to ten wins or so in this SEC schedule, which is right where you where you were last year. And I think you would be in better shape this year, kind of like the men. So getting past this game, getting a win obviously would be huge. But after this, I, I think that State still has a chance to do some big things this year, even if they don't win this ball game on Monday night. Something we've talked about a lot. Uh, is Jessica Carter, and, you know, and has had a tendency to not have her best game when she takes on these big time players like Angel Reese. So this is a real opportunity for her to to, to sort of put that narrative to bed and to have a, a a big game. Can State win if Jessica Carter doesn't deliver a big game for them? No, I don't think they can. Was that okay? Um, Sam Purcell, well, he he gets kind of annoyed when we how he says it, talk about the box scores, but the box scores don't lie when it comes to Jessica Carter. I mean, they just, they don't. If she plays a great game, Mississippi State wins games. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't play well, they usually lose. And it's as simple as that. I mean, looking at the first, how many they played? Six games in SEC play. Mm-hmm. She has scored 20 or more points three times. She has scored 12 or less points three times. Guess how many wins they have in the 20-plus score ballgames? I'm going to guess it's it's going to be pretty obvious. Yeah, three wins, 3-0 three and o when she scores 20 or more points, 0-3 mm-hmm. when she scores less than 20 points. Simple as that. She's, she's averaged probably you know nine points in losses. She's averaged 22 in wins. So, to me, she is absolutely critical to Mississippi State's success. They have to have her. And she has to have a great game tomorrow night, and it's going to be difficult. State's got to play uh, big. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I think in the first quarter you'll kind of know, you know, if Mississippi State's ready for this or not. Mm-hmm. But they've got to have a big game. They're – a plus nine on, on rebounds this year per game. So this has been a really good rebounding team. They've got to keep LSU off the offensive glass. It's, it's a lot like the men. Like They've struggled at times keeping teams off the offensive glass, mm-hmm. giving them second chances. This is big for Mississippi State. they got to keep LSU in the 70s, low 70s mm-hmm. tops, I think. Um, and they gotta they got to be able to be right there with them rebounding. And if they do that, they'll have a chance. If not, it might be a long night. Six o'clock tip at the Humphrey Coliseum. Robbie will be there uh, for a big game for Mississippi State women's basketball. 
All right, let's move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. When you fire up the grill this grilling season, and grilling season for me, baby, it's 365, it's 366 days a year this year. We got the extra day. That's an extra day to grill. So take advantage of it. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. When you are cooking out, you want to be cooking out with beef. If you're looking for recipes, they're there at msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you are looking for. We did Restaurant Tyler last week, uh, Robbie. This week is a Two Brothers week for us. We're going to have to get out there. So just go ahead and start making some plans. Oh, darn. I know. Uh, That's going to be so tough. We have to do that kind of stuff for work, I know. Dang it. All right, well. Well, we'll make it happen, I guess. And we will enjoy it because we love a trip to Two Brothers like no other. Somebody was asking me the other day, they were like, what's the best thing on the menu? Oh, who was it? It was, it was uh, Justin Fromer was uh, saying uh, he, he's working his way through all the tacos at Two Brothers. He said he's trying to figure out which one he likes the best. I was like, well, first and foremost, they're all good. I put in my vote for Chicken Chipotle, but yes, you know what? It, whatever he chooses, I'm going to be cool with. And you'll be cool with it, too, when you make a, two, a trip. Two Brothers Smoked Meats for some smoked Southern soul food. Great products, great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it for 49 years. They know how to put technology that works into your business. When you need a new copier, new printer, anything, mailing, information systems, computers, whatever it is, call Advantage Business Systems. They've got great prices on chop quality brands. But then if something goes wrong, and guys, if you, I mean, when you have a computer, something's going to go wrong sometime. But you want to know that you've got service after the sale. That's what they, that's the difference that Advantage Business Systems provides. So give them a call today and find out what they can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, I've been saying it for weeks, guys. That's where you're going to find the next polo or pullover that you are looking for. They've got an incredible selection, great name brand, stylish polos and pullovers with the logos that you want. Banner M, it's a goner. You need to get some new stuff. You need to get it from The Rogue. Shop at The Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. No commitments this weekend, Robbie, but a star-studded lineup of of talent visiting Mississippi State. Potentially the best group of offensive linemen the State's ever had on campus all at one time, including the nation's number one interior offensive lineman, Micah DeBose, who was who just recently decommitted from Georgia. When you think about the old days of MSU offensive line recor- re- recruiting, I would have been saying about an offensive lineman who recru- who was the number one interior offensive lineman maybe in Smith County and, or someone who had just decommitted from Georgia Southern. But no, he this kid decommitted from the Georgia Bulldogs and was in state this past weekend along with a couple of top in-state guys and an Alabama kid who I know it was his first visit, but he put state at the top of his favorites. Uh, four-star offensive lineman. I, I, is it Cardi or Card? How is it? You know? I, I don't know. If he commits, Let's go with Card. When he commits, we commit. Simple as that. But he 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 was he was very high on his visit. We like to joke about Cody Kennedy and how much he looks like Malcolm Reed and and, and, and the barbecue and blocking thing, but the guy can obviously recruit because he's getting these guys on the camp. 
you can't sign them if they don't visit. And getting these guys on campus for visits is huge. Really impressive group of talent on campus this past weekend. Cody's cooking. He's cooking. <laughs> He's got to cooking. He, he, he and Malcolm have two things in common. They can yeah. really cook. Yeah. yeah. I like it. But think about if if Mississippi State was hosting the number one wide receiver in the country mm-hmm. consistently from out of state. I mean, yeah. They had Caleb Cunningham. Or the number, you know, five quarterback in the country. That's we'd be we'd be speaking so much more differently about yeah. you and I are, are talking about how great it is, but it's not getting the national recognition it deserves. I mean, that's just offensive line, man. Nobody yeah. is talking about those guys. But I mean, how many times has has Mississippi State been able to get players like this on the offensive line to campus? I I can't remember a time ever. You know, you, you had you had guys that you had ends with, obviously. You know, the Charles Cross mm-hmm. of the world and guys like that. Even a Jimothy Lewis. Even if they don't sign these players, this is a huge win for MSU. Mm-hmm. Getting these type of players just to come to campus, that didn't happen with past coaches. Even if it's, you know, a junior day or whatever, these guys are coming. This You know, M- Micah DeBose came from Mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are coming. That's a that's a little bit of a halt that they have thought enough of Cody Kennedy and of Mississippi State to drive up and spend their entire Saturday on campus at Mississippi State. That's huge for the Bulldogs. It's a huge win because these guys go and tell their friends, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool up there. I had a good visit. Because Mississippi State, to me, on the outside looking in, has not been thought of as cool. It's not been a place where people just want to come right. visit from out of state. I think that this staff is trying to change the narrative a little bit. I think Mississippi State is investing in football recruiting and investing more in this football, the production side of things, to make it look cooler, to make it look like a fun trip. Mm. And they're really showing these kids a good time. And it's also helped tremendously to have – some good basketball games yeah. for them to, to come to. It was rough the, a few years back when you would bring recruits to a basketball game and there was like 2,000 people there. That's yeah. really, that really tough. Maybe we should and the, and we blame Rick Ray for football recruiting issues under Mullen. Maybe we can. Possibly. That That's another point I want to make that we didn't touch on. Mississippi State's had three straight sellouts in basketball. Mm-hmm. And – I know that people have been frustrated, and here we go again. Uh, the other day, people knee-jerk reactions. Chris Jans isn't any good. They're going to go to the NIT, whatever. Yeah. you got to keep coming to these games because it's so tough to win on the road. You can give your team more wins by just coming to ball games at this point mm-hmm. and investing in basketball. And not only that, you're investing in football recruiting because kids see the atmosphere at Mississippi State. The coaches love bringing the kids there. It really sells Mississippi State in a different kind of way. So, kind of unrelated, but kind of related no, as well. Not, but it's not. It's 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 definitely something for sure. So, you know, we, signing day is uh, what next week. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not the first, is it? No, because the thirty first is Wednesday. So next week. Is signing day the uh be the seventh? Yeah, the seventh of February. I don't even know anymore because 
it's just so I, no, irrelevant at this point. Well, nothing's going to happen for Mississippi State barring some sort of huge change between now and then. So I, I guess we'll continue to see some, you know, th- th- there'll be a dead period coming up uh, after the signing period. So we'll, we'll see, see where that, what state does in terms of visits. Uh, of course, no home basketball this weekend either. So, but we, we talked about Levy when he was hired, that he was going to be a guy who emphasized recruiting and actually enjoyed the recruiting process. Uh, and it really shows thus far. Now, you know, until they sign on the line that is dotted, it doesn't really mean anything, but you're you're correct in that. It does show that you know if you can get top, getting one or two top rated guys. I mean, getting Caleb Cunningham is one thing because he just lives down the road, right? But when a guy like Micah Debose comes in, you're right in that he will go to camps and he will go to showcase events, and then people are like, didn't you visit Mississippi State? He's like, oh yeah, had a great time there. That gets people wanting to come to Mississippi State. It, it really is a tell two friends who tell two friends uh, kind of thing. And also, you you just get your foot in the door right. with these kids. You never know what's going to happen. Somebody can fill up some more. I mean, let's be honest. This kid's going to get – I mean, this isn't poor old Mississippi State, but this kid's going to have the opportunity to go wherever he wants to nationally. Ohio State's in on him, Bama, Georgia. I mean, Mississippi State head-to-head is probably not going to win those battles. But you never truly know – What's going to happen? The kid might might not have those options in a few months or something. Cody Kennedy having that relationship with him and him taking a junior day visit in January could be the difference for Mississippi State. And what this staff has done in the last few weeks, not just on the offensive line but at other positions too, is they've done a really, really good job of getting these players to campus so they can meet them, build relationships with their families, um, see the atmosphere, see the facilities, all that stuff. So you're laying the foundation for what you hope to be a great recruiting class by Mississippi State standards. And that could be a great recruiting class by everybody's standards before it's all said and done. Who knows? I know that they're on the right guys right now, and getting them to campus is something the last staff couldn't do. And a lot of times Dan Mullen couldn't do it, and Joe Moorhead couldn't do it. So it's been really impressive in just a matter of this month with the guys they've been able to get, especially on the offensive line. I think Kennedy has been, to me, the most impressive. Yeah, you really uh, And who he's got to campus. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. New coach possibly coming in, probably coming in. It hasn't been made official or anything like that, but a lot of, of rumor mill this past week. Not even a coach, an analyst. Former Ole Miss offensive lineman, former NFL offensive lineman Bradley Soul. Now, long time, uh, or is it Sal? I, you know, I think it's Soul. Uh, do you know? I think it's Sal. Sal, fine, very good. Long time listeners to this podcast will recall uh, that I once uh, battered a certain man named Bob Carskadden over his selection of Mr. Sal as a first team All SEC uh, player uh, back in his college days. Uh, so, well, you know. You battered him. I, oh, I, I killed him for it. I was like, did you watch him play? Uh, and I stand by it. I, I didn't think he was. He should have been first team all, all SEC that year. Um, that being said, and, and, you know, this is one of those things where a couple of people on a message board are saying something. But I was, I was kind of surprised at some of the outcry about this. Especially, it seemed like the people were saying he was unqualified to have this analyst job. 
It's a man who played, I think, eight seasons in the NFL. I think he can break down film. Call me crazy. I, people are acting like this guy is is just friends with Jeff Ledby, which he is, but like just a random friend. Yeah. Like if, like if I, got- I hired like if I hired one of my friends to be, you know, a recruiting writer at on three right. that's never or- written in his life. If I if I got like a person who's just a friend of mine to be the co-host of this podcast and he didn't actually know anything, I would never <laughs> I would never do anything like that. I hate you. I know. I was like, this guy played almost a decade in the NFL for a bunch of different teams and coaches. He could come in and break down some film. I, I mean, he's just an analyst. People are acting like yeah. he's calling plays. People will forget that this person exists yeah. in like two months. They'll forget he's even on the staff because you well, won't here, know he's there. Here's what I want to all these people who are like, I can't believe what State's doing this. It's so little, blah, blah, blah. Name an analyst at another school. They don't. They can't. I can't. I mean, I know Cody Shexnader is one at Ole Miss, right? But like, it's because I know him, which is a comparable situation, by the way. And, and, that, and that the people that are the people that are mad about this are not considering. People are pointing it's, out that Bradley Sal uh, was on an Ole Miss podcast with Ben Garrett, who I that's that's who I got the confirmation from. By the way, is Ben Garrett? He was kind enough to. I was like, "Is this happening?" He was like, "Yeah, here's his number." Like, thanks. Um, by the way. Real quick, you know, I like to. We always like to joke about Ben Garrett, and I tell you, he's the worst person that that he is. But no joke, he actually is the worst person in the world. Man had an accident and, and got in bad, sh- and then let his friend. Nobody lets his friend Brian know that my friend is. I would have come up there and brought him flowers. I couldn't believe. I was like, I got to find out from a message board. I got to be honest, Brian. If well, I would probably tell you, but. If we weren't on a podcast together and I had to notify you, I don't know if my first inkling would be. I don't. I don't. Oh my god! I gotta get. I don't need to be. I gotta get to Brian. Your family. I understand, but I need to. I need that information at some point, right? The other thing is, you're on social media, like you're on Facebook. Ben is not. So, like, it would have gotten out there. Somebody be like, "Hey, say a prayer for Robbie. He had a wreck." Blah blah blah. And I'd be like, "Oh gosh, let me call Robbie." I had no idea. And then I see a a, the tweet that he's been in a wreck, and I had to call him. He's like, "Oh yeah." Had a brain bleed, but I'm okay now. I'm like, what? So Ben Garrett is a terrible person. I've been saying it for years. Anyway, yeah, be- best of best of well luck soon, to him in recovery. We, we, lo- we do love you. I hope he'll. I don't know if he'll be there Tuesday night or not. Uh, we'll see. Um, but anyway, but yeah, the- he's an analyst that for Mississippi State. Yeah, he had he had an active online persona. And he took a lot of shots at Mississippi State, which is something I would expect a diehard Ole Miss fan to do. But I also I think Bradley Sal, his first response, his first fanship is sort of like mine. He's a fan of his family, and he has this opportunity to get into coaching. And with his resume of being an NFL player, a chance to jump in on a, on a staff or a coach that he knows is going to be successful. I mean, it's it, to me this is a good sign in that. He being is how personally you know he doesn't really like Mississippi State or didn't before now. The only reason he would take this job is if he's like, I, I can get on board with a coach who's going to go places mm-hmm. that's going to be successful. If, if he thought if, if he thought Levy was going to come in and be like, hey, I don't think he's going to be very good, he wouldn't take this job. He wouldn't come here. 
he believes in Levy for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And people have to understand this. This is a business. There is no loyalty to teams or anything like that in this business. There, you know, Cody Schechtsnader went to Ole Miss because he was offered a position as an analyst. He did, he never liked Ole Miss at all. And in fact, he wanted it's very similar situation. He wanted a job at Mississippi State, and yeah. they're just it just never happened. And, so and, he went to Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin offered him a, a spot because get being a you know special teams coordinator or whatever to group of five or an assistant or whatever is less than being an SEC analyst. It is. He can take and, his next step up is going to be special teams coordinator in the SEC probably. And the last day Cody works at Ole Miss will be the last day Cody cheers for Ole Miss. Yes, he will sell. He will, he will sell all of his gear, give it, give it away, away, whatever. And then yeah, and the same goes for Bradley Sal. It, this is this is the life of college football coaches, you know. They, until they retire, you know, I'm, I'm sure Nick Saban will continue to cheer for Alabama, but yeah. Tommy Reese probably won't. I just I think people believe there are certain people that believe that he like people like that are going to come into the office and. Like inject poison like Vince McMahon did with the NW, NWO. Don't like he's just going. Don't, don't, he's, we don't talk about Vince anymore. He's, we're done. Oh, we can't say nothing about him anymore. Oh, I, I'm out here, you. <laughs> I I I just think people believe that he's well, going to come to the office every day and give information to Ole Miss. The transfer portal has done some of this too, and that state fans want to believe that everybody at Mississippi State is a diehard bulldog, just the way yeah. that they are. But we've learned that players are willing to transfer between the two schools. I mean, coaches have always gone between the two schools. Melvin Smith coached at both schools. Tony Hughes coached at both schools. David Turner has coached Greg at both Knox. schools. Greg Knox has been at both schools. And going back with Joe Lee Dunn coached at both schools. It just happens. And, you know, it's it's business to these guys. And so that's what this is. So my guess is. Barring some huge incident, this is the last time we'll talk about Bradley Soul on this show, unless I decide to have him on because I think it is an interesting story. But beyond that, just wanted to bring it up. I like. I don't think he's going to have a ton of people on either side like that are really, you know, taking his side on things. Yeah, but I just don't think it's going to matter in the end. It doesn't matter. Like he he really hurt himself with Mississippi State fans with what he's done over the years and said. He's been such a huge Ole Miss guy, but, that, I mean, that's his alma mater. And, you know, if Chad Bumpus had a podcast again, he would have said some of the same things that that he did. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it is what it is. Jonathan but at the end of the day – came on Sports Talk Mississippi and just crushed Just real. But if, yeah, if they called him. him tomorrow and was like, hey, come coach DBs for me – Buddy, he's putting on that red and blue shirt. Yeah, and simple as so, that. So I mean, you gotta, you gotta just. Uh, it's the same thing with the transfer portal, like we said. Like you've got to just take all of your emotional investment in individuals and throw it out the window. You should no longer get emotionally attached to players, to assistant coaches, even head coaches. They, yeah. they're like the wind. Cheer. They just come through. The helmet. Yes. That's all you should care about. Whoever's wearing the helmet, whoever's wearing your jersey, that's who you cheer for. 
Everybody else, once as soon as they're not wearing it anymore, you can be done with them. So everyone's going to do what they feel is what's best for them. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more MSU football. We'll find some other thing to talk about, but most importantly, uh, we will we will be previewing Mississippi State versus Ole Miss. I'll try to get an interview in here with either Borky or Richard uh, to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, we will delay the rumblings by one day this week. I guess we'll do that on Thursday's show. Uh, because we need we will we'll need to have focus on the uh, Mississippi State Ole Miss basketball game for the Wednesday pod. So go ahead and prepare the player, 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 player. It's like platypus. I don't know. It's a marsupial. So did did we decide? Are we gonna are you gonna do future Brian on? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for me to like you to drive back to your house and then get on the line and just I'll, I'll just handle it when I get back into town. Uh, so Tuesday night from the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and then we'll, 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 have, we'll, we'll, we'll do, we're going to do something we'll do, else. We'll do some sort of segment beforehand. We'll talk a little football, yeah. baseball. I actually, we'll do it. We'll, well, we might do some baseball tomorrow. We need to talk about our media day. Uh, we're talking to the coaches and the players. I thought, I thought we learned some, a few interesting things. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's pod as well. All right, guys, have a good Monday. Back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. This is A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.